0: Thank you everybody again with this new podcast we have a very special guest her name is deborah blanchard knight she is the owner of a company called fringe talent which is one of the most highly respected independent recurring companies in the entertainment industry deborah has been recruiting in animation in visual effects gaming and theme entertainment and also in the past she has been part of recruiting or the recurring team of ilm dreamworks and Stars Animation and others as well. So now, um, Deborah, we would like to hear your story first. What captures your attention in the process of recruiting young artists around the world? And what Mm -hmm. makes you decide in doing your own company of the
1: recruiting business? Um, I, like a lot of people, got into uh, recruiting by accident. I was in production management and... um, somebody said, hey, Industrial uh, Light and just sort of like, Magic is starting to do these new Star Wars movies and they need animators. You know animators. Why don't you go recruit? And I said, I don't know what that means that I know animators. So I started recruiting for ILM uh, during those those um, middle three uh, episodes of Star Wars. And that was a really profound experience getting a chance to work with George Lucas and some of the amazing artists that that work um in that world and while I was working at ILM one of the most important components of my job was outreach to young talent because at that time in the late 90s early 2000s um the industry was exploding there was a lot going on and there wasn't enough talent to go around to to feed that that Fought that And then, you know, with ebb and flows in this business, there's always times where we have too many and then not enough. And at that particular time, we didn't have enough. So we set up um, all kinds of outreach with a lot of schools and in uh, North America. And we sent people out to do talks and influence the kids and show them what we were doing and why we did it and how what the different jobs were. And we tried to educate young people as to the opportunities, because at that time, a lot of them weren't thinking about the the industry, they were looking at other things. Um, so that was one of my favorite things. And that was early on in my career and some of the young people that I encouraged and helped and um, um, just sort of championed um, to get them hired at ILM. I'm very, very proud now when I look at credits on movies and I see them, as a visual tech supervisor or a CG supervisor or even just a senior artist. And I and I think, wow, I had a little bit of a hand and, and seeing them get their career started and now look at them, they're doing these amazing things. So that's something I actually do love. It is near and dear to my heart. Um, as a recruiter, I kind of look at myself as a conduit for helping other people um, achieve their dreams and their goals. Um, and uh, that's just a very rewarding thing for a lot of us recruiters actually talk about that. And, and we just really enjoy um, being able to help young people get a start in this business because we understand it is a dream. Once you're in it, it's a lot of hard work. So I don't know if they always thank us for that, but um, but we like to try and help when we can. So that's how I got started. Um, then from there, you know, I, I moved around and I worked for DreamWorks for a while in house back in the early days um, and helped take the studio from a 2D studio to a 3D studio when we started doing Shrek and a lot of those movies. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I got to go get to know a whole different group of artists because we were now in CG animation and not in visual effects. Um, and we were doing the same thing, setting up an outreach to young people and because um, you have to keep feeding that pipeline and bringing in fresh new talent because we all retire eventually so you've always got to have somebody new coming in and, and it's important to get those young folks coming in um, so we were part of an outreach program that was pretty massive actually at dreamworks they were they were pretty good about that and even went as far as doing it internationally setting up an internship program and it was very robust um and then from there um I did a couple of smaller things and then finally decided I'd done enough in house to warrant uh, going out on my own. And at that time, that was in about 2007. And there was just a lot of work happening. And I was very fortunate. And there was so much work going on with new companies that didn't have budget for in house recruiters. So they hired me. And uh, I basically became their recruiting team, going out and trying to find trying to find talent. The thing I miss working for myself is that I often don't get to do the trips out to meet kids uh, at schools or to work with more junior talent because that tends to be an in-house thing you know, where they're developing their relationships with schools and with younger talent. But I still like to keep my eyes open for somebody that I think has what it takes because if I can't get them hired right out of school, it doesn't take much before they're all of a sudden mid and senior level. So uh, if I see a spark in a young person, I usually build a relationship with them and stay in touch.
2: It seems like there is more than two decades of experience on your back, Deborah. So.
1: Yes, because we don't want to talk about that, Victor. <laughs> 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 Been around, but, it's, but, I, but
2: I believe, but I believe our audience would be more than happy. To see that you are a very experienced and talented recruiter and people that know uh, how to walk the talk in this industry. Um, Deborah, in, in, as you mentioned before, there are different times in different uh, situations where uh, there is more need of this talent or these skills. Uh, depending on the market and depending on the economy of the world and depending on how the entertainment industry is developing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right now, and right now, saying the next 12 months, just to say some numbers, what are the skills that you are looking for or you think that the the your the clients are looking for?
1: Um It's a really good time to be an artist right now. The pandemic had the opposite effect on um the animation and to some extent the visual effects industry too, um in that we were able to work from home easily and seamlessly as opposed to live action where we um depended on actors to be on a set and that just couldn't happen. So um a lot of the studios started greenlighting a lot of animation because we could work from home and get it done and, and get things on the air. So um there's been a bit of a boom as as stuff's been greenlit, so it's actually a really good time for, for artists. It's what I like to refer to as a seller's market. Um, so essentially, if you are looking and you're good at what you do, um, somebody's gonna hire you because that there's just not enough talent to go around. And as a result of that, it's also opened up the world. I would have said before the pandemic, um, the idea of working remotely with somebody it was a harder sell you know a lot of people wanted everybody in-house mm-hmm. that's still their go-to it but they can't they can't couldn't do that they had to work remotely so what that did is it kind of opened up the world for us and we were able to kind of go after people who weren't necessarily in Los Angeles or in Vancouver um you know, and who we had to relocate or get a visa for because everyone was working remote and we just figured it out and we dealt with it. And it gave us an opportunity to start branching out and working with artists that we normally may not have been able to work with because of some of those limitations. So I would say it's a very, very good time to be an artist right now, pretty much across the board in almost every area. Um, There's just a lot of work and a lot of need and people, uh, studios are more open-minded to um, where we find that talent. As long as the talent is good and the, the, the situation works out, they're able to get the work done and hit their marks. Um, I think that this is a really interesting time to sort of open that up for people.
2: What about Unreal Engine, Deborah? Do you think, um, since this is something new for different countries or different communities, At the same time, the studios and some companies are looking for animators, texturing guys, compositing guys, and Unreal Engine.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Is there a is there a fact is that a fact to say that in the future there's going to be more demanding? uh, Those companies are going to be just extracting the Unreal Engine talent out of everywhere, or there's always going to need they will always going to need animators, texturing, Mm -hmm. uh, and compositing guys.
1: Uh, Unreal is an interesting um, subject. My area of expertise tends to fall in feature films, commercials, and television. I do a little bit of games work, and I know that my colleagues that work extensively in games work talk about UE all the time. Um, So obviously that there's huge need in that world. I am noticing, however, more and more I'm getting smaller clients that are coming to me and wanting to do at least a portion of their pipeline in UE. And in the beginning, it was just one here or there that I would that would come to me and we would have to kind of sit down and go, I think we're going to have to chase games people for this because feature people and TV people just aren't working in UE right now. That has shifted in the last couple of years because there have been more and more projects um, that are using that technology um, for rendering and so forth. So um, as a matter of fact, I just finished up work with a small animation studio up in Northern California that's gonna be working ex- exclusively with UE. And we had to go out and really try to find some people that could, uh, could work with them in the way that they wanted to work. So. It's interesting. It's it's sort of at the very early stages, at least in North America, um, where people are toying with it and taking a look at it and mm-hmm. considering using it and how will they use it. So it could go either way. It could just really take off and everybody's going to say, this is it. This is the way we're going to head. Or it might still kind of be a blend of, of different types of pipelines. Um, it's a little early to say, but I am getting a lot more requests. For artists that can work in the in the software, so if I do see that on somebody's resume, I am sure to note it <laughs> in my <Okay>. data. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's good. I can trust that.
1: And I want
0: like to ask you what. So, what are the channels that you have used to source the type type of
1: talent? How do I find people? Mm-hmm. And what um, channels do you use?
0: Where I have my
1: own personal database of about twenty thousand people. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, well, I've been doing this a while, Victor.
2: <laughs> I <Again>. did. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was you this time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll own it. Um, yeah, so I have a personal database of about 20,000 people, most of whom I've either worked with or at least had a conversation with over the last 20 years. So um, we I, that's my first place to track people. Um, then from there, I, I try to point this out as much as I can because I know the young people always go really. but I have to say us recruiters rely really heavily on LinkedIn um, primarily because the artists that use it properly and really what it is is just it's just it's just putting yourself out there um, passively, with your resume and your conflict or your link to your your work and just letting it rest just you know it's so easy for artists just put it out there like a calling card and don't think about it just update it when things change for you because what the way we use it is I may have you in my database but maybe we haven't talked in three years so my first go-to is to go to LinkedIn and see what you're up to right now what have you been doing um, do I think you might be available? And if so, I'll try and contact you. Maybe my contact information is old and it's no longer working. I try to find you, you know, through LinkedIn and reach you that way. So LinkedIn is is used heavily by recruiters, heavily. And I know a lot of artists roll their eyes and think and say, "Ugh." old-fashioned or clunky <laughs> whatever So don't don't look at it creatively just look at it as a place to hang your your digital calling card and make yourself available so people can find you unless you don't want to be found <laughs> but um that's usually where we go first and then of course we'll go out into the internet we will deviant art or any of the other sites where people post their their um their work um for each other and for themselves. We'll go out and take a look. Um, We will um, Google. Maybe you have a website out there um, on the internet somewhere. We can find you that way. Um, So there's a lot of different ways. But for me personally, my go-to's are my database. So when I tell you I'm putting you in my database, which I, I do that with people a lot, especially if I can't use them immediately. I'll come back and say, I've got you in my database. It's not just me saying pretty things. It's a big deal. You're in my database and now I can find you again. So um, I'll track. Yeah, and it's pretty uh, sophisticated database. And um, I can track people by the software skills they use, the places they've worked, um, the place they live, their preferences. So it's pretty sophisticated database. And most of us, We've been doing this a long time. There's a handful of us that do this, that this is our life. And we're very um, intricate and, and integrated into the community. We we live off of our database and LinkedIn. So
0: Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know that. And also regarding the artists and where to find them. So if you find like a perfect candidate or like this is perfect for compositing or this is perfect for modeling, Um, How quickly you can move them to a position in a company, if it's bigger or if it's small or if it's a medium company, how quickly do they have to wait, maybe in the database, like three years, one year, maybe? In my database? Yeah, Um... if they are in the database and you already have them in the database, so Mm -hmm. how quickly those candidates
1: can move on to have a job opportunity from Um... you, for example. That varies. It's just a matter of me finding, because I don't represent talent. I represent the company. So the company comes to me and they hire me and they say, I need five lighters and this is what they have to do. And this, this is what I'm looking for. So then I dive into my database and I look for people that match that or who I think can match that. Maybe I can sell the candidate to the company because maybe you know I know more about them than they're showing um so it's definitely a partnership between me and the the candidate so the so that means that the company is paying me to find you you're not paying me so that's the other thing I like to tell artists because sometimes they go how much do I have to pay you no no you're not paying me they pay me it's a freebie for you so just work with me um, because I can be your agent that way. You know, once I have a job, that's a fit. So it varies. You know, when someone goes into my database, um, I might have something for them next week that I can talk to them about. Or maybe I, you know, it might be a couple of years. Or I have people that are in my database that, like I said, there's 20,000 names in there. I have people that I have been communicating with in my database for 10, 15 years. I have notebooks on them that go all the way back. And I may represent them for 10 jobs over the course of that. They they may not always connect with those jobs, but um, I go back time and time again. So it's not just a one-time deal. Um, You know, if I present you for a job and it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean you'll never hear from me again. It means that that job didn't work out. I'll call you in the next one. So Yeah. um, yeah, so yeah, us professional animation recruiters are... Good resource for for people, and they should definitely connect with us on LinkedIn, so that we, we can be so that we can be yeah. connected for or for future work.
2: <laughs> Great, excellent. Um, we are under the um, we are certain about the the advantages that someone from Latin America might have as far as talking about the context, insight, uh, different culture, different ideas, uh, different success stories, different different struggles that may give them an edge in, uh, in a company in L.A., Vancouver, or other, other places. And you work for the U.S. only, Debra? Or, or no, I work, work in only. Yeah, I work okay.
1: internet.
2: So we are certain about those advantages, but at the same time, sometimes people, they believe that they do a, a great portfolio and they present themselves as someone reliable, and that's it, and they should be hired. There is something else that people look for, and maybe your clients are asking you to filter other characteristics or traces in their personality. So what would be your advice for someone in Latin America that is trying to uh, develop those skills and then get in contact with someone like you?
1: Um, first of all, everybody should just know upfront that your, your portfolio, your real your resume are marketing tools. Do not get emotionally attached to them. Do not get frustrated or insulted if someone suggests a change or that you drop something or add something. It is purely a marketing tool. So let go of your emotional attachment to that. That's something I have talked to kids about. You know, people read out of school a lot because they had attached to the, the projects they did in school. They were so passionate about it. They love it so much. And there comes a time then you have to let that go and take that off your reel and now focus on the other things because you've moved on or you've you've added new things, or someone has said that's probably not your best work. Um, So be open to hearing from advisors, from professionals, from colleagues about your work and what you're showing on your portfolio and on your resume and on your reel, and that that will be an evolving piece of work for you, your entire career. That portfolio, that reel, that resume will constantly be changing. as a matter of fact, when I look at a real or a portfolio and it's um, more than a couple years old, I, I worry because, you know, I'm like, what have you been doing the last couple of years? I need to see some more recent stuff. So um, that's what I tell people first off. When you're right out of school, um, you probably won't have a lot to show. Don't let that intimidate you. Do not... Throw things on your portfolio or on your reel that you know may not be great just because you feel like it needs to be longer. Um, you get a, a sort of a, a a little bit of a pass when you're right out of school and don't have a lot of professional experience because people aren't expecting as much out of you. So don't worry that your reel or your portfolio isn't three minutes long or whatever the formula is they're telling you. Um, just be very judicious about what you put on that. It should only be the work that represents you the best. And it can be a combination. Uh, If you're um, an animator, maybe you wanna show a little bit of life drawing or something at the end that kind of shows that, you know, anatomy and movement, in addition to some animated pieces. Or if you're a lighter um, and you do photography, um, maybe at the end of your reel, you wanna put a few pieces that show your artistic eye when you're taking photographs that also back up your ability to light. Um, so just be very careful about your reel. Show your best. Because I dare run to you that if you have something weak on your reel, that is the piece that the hiring manager remembers every single time. And it's really hard for us recruiters to go back and go, no, 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 don't look at that. <laughs> look at this other stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep.
1: Be really, really, really astringent about what you put on your reel. And if you aren't able to, Ask someone to help you ask someone to give you their opinion um, and then take the average of of all the people that are telling you things. Uh, And again, don't be intimidated if it's short. If you don't have a lot to show, that just means that maybe, you know, maybe you need to work on some personal projects that you can add. Um, Maybe you do some volunteer work on a friend's project so you can add it. You know, whatever you need to do to kind of build your reel and your resume. And as a student, you never stop learning. I mean, I know guys that have been in the business 20 years that are still taking classes. They're still pushing themselves to learn new software, new skills. Um, They may get, they may be uh, lighter. And now, you know what? I'm really tired. I want to be a, a texture artist. So I'm going to stretch myself and try and learn to be a texture artist. So as an artist in this industry, you are—you will not stop learning. If you do, you're, you're a goner. So, because it's constantly changing. And we just talked about how uh, UE is, is kind of coming into the fold, whereas before it was a Maya, Maya-centric Maya world. And when I first started, it was a soft image world. So you will constantly be learning um, and you should. Always be pushing yourself, always going to movies, seeing what other people are doing, taking a look at other artists online to see what they're doing, Um, always trying to improve. And um, I don't think it's a bad thing to look at what other people have in their portfolios because after all, you are competing with these other people for jobs. And if you're looking at their portfolio and not seeing enough, if you are seeing, you know, I'm lacking in certain areas, work on building that up. Um, you know, constantly pushing yourself. So the one thing I would say is that if your portfolio is not getting you a job, don't throw in the towel and give up on your dream. Um, just regroup, figure out what you need to do to, to strengthen the, the work that you're showing on your portfolio so that you can get somebody's attention. Um, it's possible. It's always possible. And I've seen people come from behind and um, move out ahead and, and get, amazing careers going just because they did not give up. So I would definitely
2: encourage great. you. That's a, that's a great advice. Um, yeah. Deborah. you just mentioned that COVID and everybody's just feeling that in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID just changed the life of everybody in the planet. It did. And it's giving a great, a great advantage and it's giving more opportunities to the entertainment world. Yes. Um, that's good. And it's great. Now, um, and this is something that I'm, I'm certain is just just asking you an idea of how many positions do you think might be moving in your area or in your state or in your country, just to, to just to for our audience to have an idea of how many job opportunities they can compete for in the next twelve months.
1: Are you saying how many jobs are out there to be filled right now? Is that a question?
2: Yeah, just, just to give an example, if you have 10 clients or five clients, I don't know how many clients you have, but if they ask you each for 10 positions or one position, that makes a, a, a big difference. Right. Yeah. So, so how many how does 100. that work? How does that that moves, that dynamic works?
1: Yeah, there's there's so much work out there right now. I mean, I I get emails, I mean, even I'm turning away work. Um, because I just don't have enough bandwidth to help everybody that needs help right now, which, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've always been steadily busy, but I have never turned away so much work in my life. And I just can't, I can't be successful for everybody when they're all looking for the same people and they're all looking for hundreds of people. I would say you only have to look at some of the postings that are out there, because now people are starting to post too. Whereas before, sometimes there was that sort of hidden layer of, we don't need to post, we'll find these people on our own. Now everyone's posting because there's just too much work. Um, It's a really good time to be getting into this business because when that's the case, then hiring managers have to be a little bit more creative about how they hire. So they may want senior level people or people with two movies under their belts or whatever, but now all of a sudden those people aren't available. So now you have to look somewhere else to fill those roles and how might you creatively approach that? Well, one of the ways is to hire somebody who's a little greener, may not be in the US, but whose book shows a spark and maybe you can work with them. They become you know, that senior person later on. So um, I've seen that happen before And I'm starting to see that happen again right now. So it is, um, there's a lot of work out there. You have only to look at a lot of the posting boards or some of the websites on some of the bigger studios to see they're all posting for open positions. And if you see needed lighter, it's probably they need 10 lighters. So they're just posting at once that they need a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, just me alone, I think um, within the last week, I've had. I'm going to say half a dozen studios of all sizes come to me looking to place at least ten to fifteen artists. Um, most of whom I had to turn away because I'm full up right now. Um, so, yeah, it's well, it's,
2: it's a, lot. a lot. Yeah, it might be a lot. We're talking about hundreds of positions. Hundreds of there's people. a lot of a lot of a lot of companies.
1: And it's hey. not just the US. I mean, they should look at Canada's on fire. Um, you know, they have a lot going up in Vancouver, Montreal and Toronto are the three major cities that are um, doing a lot of work. U.S., um, England, France, Spain, um, Australia, um, just it, everybody's hiring right now.
0: And what is the quality then? If, if there's a lot of jobs, then what is the quality of the real that needs to be in good in order to be in land in one of those jobs? Like if it's, it needs to be like a super expert reel or it needs to be a medium reel or how
1: could it be to, man, to manage that? Well, you need to know how to market yourself. And if you don't have any production experience, then be, you need to be realistic and you're a junior. You're, and that's fine. And you should market yourself. You should never market yourself for something you're not, because it just puts you into a category that you can't compete in. and It's not fair to you. So if you are just out of school or only have one show under your belt, you're a junior. And if you're applying for jobs that are senior, you're not competitive. I don't even need to look at your reel. And I'm going to say you're not competitive. So um, be realistic and go in and say, I'm a junior artist. Here is my reel. Here is what I've done. Um, I would love to have an opportunity. I'll come in and I'll work really hard. And, you know, a good recruiter will be able to look at it. And, and even if you don't have a ton of work, if your best work is displayed, we can look at that reel and we can see the spark of something. If you have it, we can see the foundations of something and we can tell that there's something there to build on. You have a, you have a talent, you have an eye, you're good at color, or you're good at movement and performance, or you're good, you um, you know, with effects and making realistic effects, we'll, we'll see it. And, um, if you present yourself appropriately, um, there's nothing we hate worse than we need a senior person with five years of movie experience. And, and then somebody comes in and says, I have never done a movie, but I'm applying for this job. And it just makes that look like you're not paying attention. So be specific about what you're applying for and be, um, Real with yourself about what your level is. And if you're a junior, there's no shame in that. There are jobs for juniors. Be realistic. Um, go after the jobs that you qualify for and let them see that spark. And if they don't, if you're not hearing back, if you're not getting a response, um, it could be a myriad of things. It could be that maybe they're just not in a place where they're going to look at South America just yet um, or you know, outside of North America. Or it could be that, your reel's not there yet, um, and that's fine. Just keep working on it, keep improving it wherever you can, and send it out again. And um, I am definitely seeing a lot more South American artists being picked up by my clients. So the the appetite is there, and if you're good at what you do, they'll find you.
2: Great, that. great. That's that's a ton of advices, and that was my my last request for you. Uh, (laughs) So so I think we're getting to the end of the podcast, Deborah, uh, And it would be very nice to hear uh, your take or your your advice for these uh, Latin American artists uh, that are trying to understand how the industry works as far as uh, job seeking. How can I tell you?
1: It's a collaborative industry. So one of the most important things that, that we're looking for are team players for the people that work well with others. Um, if you are a prima donna or you're unpleasant to work with in any way and that gets out, people will remember that. So um, and they don't they don't care how talented you are, they're not gonna work with you if you're not pleasant to work with. So always remember when you do get an opportunity, even if it's in a classroom or a group project with some friends, always be a team player, always be collaborative, always be fun to work with, create a good working environment and relationship with your coworkers. Because sometimes I have seen people who are not quite as talented get a job over somebody else just because they like working with that person. So, so I would say it's really important right now, anywhere, wherever you are, you get an opportunity, show yourself as a collaborative person, a good communicator, ask questions, if you're lost or confused don't just sit there and try and figure it out immediately raise your hand and ask the question so that you're you're showing an effort that you're like you're here you're part of the team especially as we work remote it becomes even more and more important for you to demonstrate that um, so i think that that's that's important communication is important and just continuing to improve your skills be always be a student always be watching movies and You never know when you're going to be in an interview with somebody who created a movie that you just saw and really enjoyed. And you can bring that up in the interview. And guess what? People like hearing that. So always, if there are movies out there that are coming out, big or small, get out and see them. Stay for the credits. Look at who is working on those movies. Um, Reach out to them on LinkedIn and connect with them and try and create your own network. It doesn't have to just be a one-way street with me connecting with you. You can connect with other people. Um, This is a very, very generous business. And um, if you are earnest and and, um, really want this career and passionate, um, so are they. And sometimes you'll find that they're willing to give you some feedback on your reel or your resume or your portfolio and that is worth its weight in gold so not just from a recruiter but from an artist maybe that you admire that you saw in a movie or they're in a movie or online somewhere um just be this this industry is very very big on networking and a lot of times until recently when we couldn't find anybody but a lot of times uh, we fill jobs and staff movies uh, through our networks, through people we know and like and want to work with. So be one of those people. You know, you're you're. You may not be geographically in a place where you can pop by and see somebody in a pub, but you can do it online. And you can certainly attend events like SeaGraph and when it whenever that's happening again, um, and get out there and watch people do presentations and ask questions and get to know them. This is the part of your career you can start right now. And you'll always be doing it, but start it right now and start building your network and becoming collaborative and showing people your passion and your love for for the work. And it will help you get there a lot faster.